So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes college. And this time we're including boxing. But this week we give you the best of the boxing match between Dante Wilder versus Tyson Fury, Drew Brees returning for another year with the Saints, uh, the, the new negotiations and votes with the NFL PA CBA negotiations. Uh, now the Lakers have landed a really great player for their push for the playoffs, along with the uh, Browns offensive lineman Greg Robinson getting in a little bit of trouble when it comes to border control. And we also include LeBron's beef with the Astros and the MLB commissioner. But before we get into it, I'll go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex, and Mohammed, go ahead and say something for them. Hey, just want to say what's up to all our listeners. Thank you for listening, and make sure you subscribe to our other platforms, including Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, definitely, and soon we'll uh, look to have, like, stickers and things like that that we can send out to the fans who do want those. Uh, that'll be coming very soon. But uh, we'll go ahead and begin with the boxing world. Uh, the heavyweight title, which was a rematch of Dante Wilder versus Tyson Fury. Uh, with this matchup, it did go seven rounds. Wilder ends up getting knocked out, knocked down twice in this match, uh, which is quite unexpected. Uh, even the outcome was quite unexpected. Tyson Fury wins with a technical TKO. Wilder's team throws in the towel in the seventh round to end the fight. So, has Dante Wilder lost his edge? And how do you feel about Tyson Fury winning the heavyweight title? From this fight, it kind of looks like Deontay Wilder did lose his edge because he did not look like he had the same type of energy that he comes out with. And he was getting tossed around the ring, knocked down twice in one fight. I think he had only been knocked down one time before in his whole career. And it just didn't seem like he had the same energy. His team saw that he didn't have the same energy, so that's why they threw in the towel. <laughs> he didn't want to, but they did. And uh, with Tyson Fury, he deserved this one. He was pretty much dominant throughout the whole fight, tagging Deontay Wilder multiple times, um, knocking him down twice. And this just might launch him into, well, he was already pretty good before this, but he might get more recognition now from beating Deontay Wilder at this point. Yeah, I can uh, definitely see your point on that. Uh, I'm probably going to be pretty much on the same side of the your uh, view of it, but I'm just going to say it a little bit different. Now, Deontay Wilder, I'm not sure whether he's losing his edge. It just seemed like it just wasn't his day. Um, even the knockouts, it, was, it wasn't that Tyson Fury – uh, didn't like really knock him down, but a lot of those times he was just leaning the wrong way, or it, it just so happened that his he just didn't have his feet footwork quite right, and it just seemed like he was already leaning the ways that the guy kind of pushed him down. Uh, so I shouldn't understate that Tyson Fury definitely won this fight. There was no ins and outs about that, uh, but I'm not too sure about Dante Wilder losing his edge. I'm not sure whether it's something in his uh, regular life that could have 
it, it just didn't seem like he was as up for the fight as he has been for many other fights, even the first matchup between those two. Yeah, I agree. He he lacked that same energy that he usually brings. He just looked lackadaisical, wasn't really following through, didn't even throw nearly as many punches as uh, Tyson Fury. He destroyed him and just punches thrown. And I mean, you might be right. He's, it just might have been an off day. But look at Ronda Rousey. I know it's slightly different, but she was on top of the world. And then she took that first loss and it was downhill from there. So. I, no, she took that it's first hard to say. beat down. She did, if we're gonna go into that book, she got beat down. There was no helping her. Now Tyson, uh, sorry, Dante Wilder, he didn't get his ass whooped. He didn't. He didn't get beat down. He just didn't win the fight. He didn't win the hits. He didn't win the knockdowns. He didn't win the the metrics of a boxing match. There's no way you could have seen it as Wilder winning. But it was nothing like Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey got beat down, and no one absolutely expected that at all. At least the the last matchup between Wilder and Fury was a going to a draw, even though some people felt Tyson might have won or maybe Wilder. But still, I, I just don't think it's the same as Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey lost her whole her whole confidence to get back into the ring. Well, yeah, she lost that because of how it happened. But he still Got took his first lost his first loss. Um, uh, what's his name? Deontay Wilder. So this just might be the beginning of the end. I, I can hear that, but I feel like it was a more of an off-type day thing. Uh, and I didn't ask her like how I feel about Tyson Fury winning the heavyweight title. Uh, the Gypsy King, King, which is his nickname for uh, boxing, uh, the Gypsy King. I I don't feel any type of way because I don't I don't think I became more of a fan or less of a fan. I really I give him respect, but I really don't care uh but it, it kind of draws me into the next question which is does the way that this fight played out help or hurt boxing the boxing world as a whole i think it helps it because you you see two heavyweights come together and there's uh an upset that attracts more people even though that other person let's say in this instance is uh deontay wilder he has been put in the forefront he's a guy that everybody pays attention to and that's where i mean there's always some bias and i'm thinking that the refs are going to take his side but seeing the underdog come up i I think it's a great story it's going to get people to watch and there's parody yeah i hear you but as history shown parody actually does not bring in fans dominance brings in fans uh whether that be let's say just actual boxing uh mayweather he brings in people because he is undefeated, but because he has a dominance, there is no parity to whether he's going to win or whether he's not going to win. Uh, we all, well not, I wouldn't say we all, but a large percentage of the population, because of the way he talks, does wish he does lose, but he does not lose. So it doesn't create parity, but it does get the fans uh, viewing. For example, even if we throw it into football, with the Patriots, there's not much parity. There's a little bit of parity because you can't be absolutely dominant. But if you look at the past decade, their franchise has dominated. It is not much parity between uh, that and that has brought in viewership because of the dominance. Um, So I think it hurts boxing. I think we were going to put him on the pedestal of Tyson, not, not Tyson Fury, who he fought, but Mike Tyson. 
uh, with Dante Wilder if he would have won the fight in any way, whether it was when it came down to the count, whether he knocked him down, whatever. We were ready to to usher him to that status. Now, putting that loss on there, and it wasn't a bad loss. It just it puts a notch against his record and the things he's done before. It doesn't bring in as many people going unless he brings that energy that you want to see him make up for the situation or the fight he has with Tyson Fury. I can see your point with boxing, but with football, I think it's different when it comes to parity because they've definitely tried to make more parity in the league with free agency, which didn't exist long ago. I agree. I definitely agree. I'm just saying like viewership uh, when it comes because boxing has had a big, absolute big problem since pretty much the seventies about viewership when it comes to boxing. Uh, it is not many boxers overall that people are going to know or watch. Uh, people only tune in for the big fights. Nobody really cares at all about any other fighters, which is not a positive thing for boxing. And since they finally have somebody outside of Mayweather, and this is two clearly different uh, weight classes. There's the light heavyweight title, light uh, heavyweight title, and then you have the heavyweight title, um, which are bigger boys, which we haven't had in a while, like really good ones since like pretty much Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier and those, uh, even Mike Tyson. Actually, he's the most recent top heavyweight champion uh, that we kind of view. Uh, in in a high regard and will tune in for, but I don't think this is good for for boxing. I think they needed Wilder to win because I don't think the normal American attaches to Tyson Fury, white, black, or whatever. They do not attach to Tyson Fury. Yeah, um, I can see that point. I, I can agree with that. Um, parody is not the best thing for boxing. Yeah, I agree. But I do agree that in uh, football, they have uh, created more parity. I'm not saying it's completely like that. It's just for viewership. Um, they they even worry about viewership if the Patriots aren't in the playoffs. Uh, just because people are very familiar with a certain image or brand. They want to see that brand win or lose. Um, so uh, last question on this uh, subject. Do you think that Dante Wilder's team should have thrown in the in the towel? Well, it might have been really too late. They were in one of the later rounds, and <laughs> they just threw in the towel, thinking that he wasn't going to be able to come back because they saw that he was pretty much getting dominated. But I, I felt like it was a little bit too late. They probably should have threw in a little bit earlier because he was getting beat up. But um, I, <laughs> I don't disagree with them throwing in the towel. I actually think it was too early. Uh, I, it's in kind of playing off of your too late situation. If after you get to a certain point, they got to go the distance. You you have to. I understand what they were doing because at the time when they threw in the towel, he was caught in a corner. He was getting hit across the head here and there, but he was not getting beat down. He didn't leave with like big bruises on his face or even an open cut or anything of the sort. It, it wasn't like you were going to think he was actually going to get knocked out. And that was not a real it, it's a possible threat when you're dealing with heavyweights. And of course, they did both say that it's going to end in a knockout. But this is a technical knockout with that throwing that flag, that uh, towel. I think at that point, you got to let him uh, go the distance. Let him get the only way he wins that fight after that point is to knock out Tyson Fury. So 
I just don't think it was enough threat of his actual health in that situation. So I would have, I think it was too early. I think it was too early. And even Dante Wilder was surprised when they threw that talent. Well, I mean, he had him in the corner. He was beating him down. Like you said, he wasn't, it wasn't like he was going to die from that, but I think it was really too late. They should have threw it in earlier because he was getting dominated. Yeah, but I would have felt it was like every time I saw him, he got knocked down. Like the first time, it was like he wasn't, his feet wasn't right. So just the follow through of a heavy hand put him on the floor. It wasn't that he got hit down. Like it was, it was he got pushed down more than hit down. And even on the second one, it was, I would give him more credit on the second hit. And he had some really good hits in there. I'm not debating uh, the fact that Tyson Fury really did like him great times like in other other parts of the fight but when it came to the knockdowns they were just uh it was more about footwork and passion and uh it just didn't seem like Dante Wilder's head was completely in it this time uh so yeah I I think I, I understand why you're saying early but I think if you're in this match to win that you have to give him a chance which is only knocking out Tyson Fury but they didn't think he was in the in the fight they they saw his well, lackadaisical nature during the fight, and I they agree. were just like, he's he's just not going to have it this night, so let's throw in the towel. I, I do hear you, but even off of his own history, Dante Wilder, he's lost many uh, other rounds, but he, 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 he a lot of times he ends them in knockouts. He ends them in knockouts most times, but he loses rounds. He's, he's actually known for losing a lot of rounds and not getting in the the hit count or things like that. He makes it up in the fact that he knocks out his opponent. If you already know that as your team, you might want to hold off just a little bit more, but I guess they were protecting for the future in this case. Yeah. You got to protect for the future and no need to drag this thing out. He, they already thought that he was going to lose. Agreed. Agreed. So it's not, it wasn't too bad on anything there, but I do think this wasn't the best thing for boxing as a whole. There may be less viewers or less people willing to buy the fight with Dante Wilder having one less uh, losing now. And I don't think that people are going to really get up to try to uh, witness a Tyson Fury fight at all. And like I said, white, black or whatever, they're not going to attach to the Gypsum King uh Tyson Fury. We wouldn't even know his name if he wasn't facing Dante Wilder. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay, so uh, just moving on to baseball slash basketball because this has gone over into the Twitter world. Uh, I'm referring to LeBron's comments about the Astros and the commissioner of the Major League of Baseball. Now, uh, just to read back uh, the tweets of LeBron uh, from this past week. He came straight at the Astros and the commissioner after the commissioner lackadaisically said that the uh, the the award for winning the championship is for the baseball championship was just a hunk of metal. And that created a whole lot of backlash and did not expect for LeBron to jump into this confrontation, mostly staying in baseball field. But just to kind of review uh, one of his tweets were because there were two. Listen, I know I don't play baseball, but I am a I am in sports and I know if someone cheated me out of winning the title and I found out about it, I would be effing irate. I mean, like uncontrollable about what I would slash could do. 
listen here, baseball commissioner, listen to your uh, players speaking today about how disgust, mad, hurt, broken, et cetera, et cetera, about this. Literally, the ball is in your court. So should I say feel or should I say feel? And you need to fix this for the sake of sports. Hashtag just my thoughts coming from a sports junkie, regardless my own sports sport I play. Sorry about that uh, kind of fumble there. But you know, just to kind of briefly review, he's saying that to the commissioner, he also tweeted about how the commissioner was lackadaisical uh, about saying that it was a hunk of metal. And the commissioner, uh, even about a day to two days later, came publicly to apologize to all of the public, whoever it may be, that he viewed that in the wrong way. Because the trophy that they get when they win the World Series is literally called the commissioner's trophy. So he should feel that there was is more worth behind that hunk of metal, as he said. So I question, how do you think LeBron's comments affects the world of baseball and whether it affects the rest of sports? I think that his comments, for the most part, did we need them? Not really. Um, people already knew <laughs> that this was a bad look. And all the pressure was already on the commissioner and the Astros as a team. So I don't think the comments were needed, but it does put on more pressure onto the commissioner and those uh, people who participated in the cheating scandal. And we're back here again. What do you do? You say strip the title, but I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, it's, it's hard to say what to do at this point. And I don't think his comments is really going to bleed over into any other sports. Okay. Um, with this one, like you said, I agree. Uh, is what his comments were needed? Not really at all. It actually surprised absolutely everyone. But LeBron has taken on this role of the commissioner of all sports in a way because of his influence, uh, his reach, and the things he's accomplished at this point. Um, so. I guess he felt it was incumbent on him to voice his opinion about it. Um, I definitely feel uh, about the cheating thing. Of course, I would be mad, too. Uh, but mm, was this going to affect the world of baseball? It already has. It forced the commissioner to apologize a day to two days later, as I don't think he would have said anything about it if someone else had said it. And that, maybe I'm wrong. I, it depends on the person. But. I think because LeBron said it, it gets a lot of attention. It's not it's the fact of the publicity will be put around his comments. And he was quite strategical about doing that. So it has to affect baseball. It's already be the cheating scandal is already affecting Little League, uh, high school baseball, college baseball and the MLB currently uh, due to their actions and non-actions of the, the scandal. Now, whether it's going to affect the rest of sports, I don't know about that. Maybe maybe it draws back the, the people who are currently cheating in other sports. Maybe they say, oh, you know what? They're right. You're right. All of this has been tainted. If I keep doing this, maybe I won't do it anymore. And that's more of a personal thing uh, with teams, players, and all of that. Uh, that's the way I could see it affecting all sports. But with baseball, I think it at least puts another spotlight on what they've done, if, especially if no one else is actually paying attention, people who don't play pay attention to baseball. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it just puts more attention onto it. 
everybody already knew about the cheating scandal. Teams are not taking on the Astros names anymore, the little kids teams and all that stuff. Um, this just brings just a little bit more attention. And anything LeBron says is put in a microscope and analyzed for mm-hmm. I don't know how long. But <laughs> he's um, using his power, though. He's trying to use his power for good. He said, if y'all going to do it, then I'm going to uh, control the narrative. Yeah. Um, and that could be a good thing or a bad thing Definitely. at this point. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, because if there was ever a bad thing, he said, um, I'm not even sure. I guess when he had the beef against Daryl Morey uh, during the summer and with the whole comments with China, that got viewed badly uh, in a way. So, yeah, you're right. There's a double edged sword to this. Uh, but LeBron says, I'm willing to take the chance in this regard. Uh, it's not many people who could be against him other than the people who are already being pro- uh, persecuted by everyone else. Uh, so I'll, I'll go, go on to the next question, which is with players, parents and fans clearly being upset about how the MLB has handled the cheating scandal. Is there any alternative that the players will sorry, is there is it eventual that the players will be punished? With all this pressure being applied, there has to be some type of punishment that comes down from the commissioner onto the players that were involved. But it's hard to say exactly what it's going to be. It's the whole team. Are you just going to suspend them for, I don't know, however many games they're going to go and forfeit? Or are you going to find them money? Um, Which is a way, but people still won't think that's enough. So it's hard to say yeah, I, exactly what they should do. True. And actually, I thought you might uh, catch the bait on this one because the MLB has already said what they're going to do and they've already done it. They already said it's too widespread to suspend the players without this affecting all of their uh, their game and all the other franchises. I think it's eventual that they get punished by the public because they're already getting punished by the public. They're getting punished by... Uh, the players, because as soon as baseball starts up very soon here, there's going to be balls thrown their way. There's going to be melees. There's going to be real beef on the on the field when it comes to these players in this franchise. So it's eventual they're going to get punished, but I don't think it's going to be directly from the MLB. It's going to be all the outside sources, which is going to make it absolutely worse. If if the commissioner in the first place found a most a, a very good uh, alternative to the punishment in the first place, all of this backlash would be a whole lot less. People would be like, hey, it's happened, just like uh, Bounty Gate, things like that. Not too many people were mad about Bounty Gate, but uh, it's just going, it would have lowered people wanting to punish them. And now, oh, you didn't get punished? Well, I feel like I need to punish you. And so that's that's what everyone, that's the fans, that's the the uh, the, the Little League, that's that's everybody. And that's people in their town. That's people around them. That's other people in other sports to speak out against what they did. So they're going to be heckled for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And possibly not led into the Hall of Fame because it's already kind of been uh, underlying uh, uh, comments with people who vote for the Hall of Fame that they just won't ever be let in. But you can't guarantee that. I'm pretty sure there's some Hall of Fame players on those teams. But... That's kind of they're already holding that saying that these players aren't going to make it into the Hall of Fame because of what they've done. Um, The medal has been stripped, whether they have it or not. 
no one views that as a honorable win. There's not a single, I don't think there's a single person other than the people in the franchise think that is an honorable win. So they've already been stripped of that, whether the commissioner says it or not. The whole reason for having rings and championships is to brag about it. And you can't brag to people who know that it's not, there's no real value behind it. But do you take back any of those championships that the people who who use PEDs? Um, well, they didn't. Uh, they just kind of punished them when it came to the Hall of Fame. Uh, so it's kind of the same thing. But I actually think there's more validity to what happened now in being punished and not going into the Hall of Fame versus that era. It was a widespread thing. It was the playing field was overall even because of all the players who uh, took steroids or PEDs. It, it just it just was. It was after a certain point, people who were playing baseball and playing it without the PEDs. So they were pressured to have to do it or otherwise they weren't be, going to be able to comp- compete. I guess so. But it's hard to say at that time. I agree. But, hey, I actually think that's a whole lot better for baseball than this. Uh, at least back then we were we were in lo- we, America's in love with the home run and that was the era of the home run because of PEDs the fans don't have any beef with that era for the most part I don't think now the purists the baseball purists do but I don't I really don't think fans wise because that was the most exciting I've ever felt baseball was in my lifetime was during the 90s early 2000s era where there were PEDs involved in uh, the MLB um, yeah, it, it probably was the most exciting, but I've still never been that excited about baseball. <laughs> but yeah, sure. I but but I think people should take both of those into account. The current situation and the PED situation and see how that how they compare really. Should you be this mad if you're not as mad with the PED? Uh I, I don't think it's looked at the same way. And that's why there's so much backlash. It just not simply looked the same way. Those people are getting punished too during the who excelled during the PED time because there were ones who weren't excelling and had PEDs. So it was all about like really who you were uh, when it came to the PEDs. This is a whole franchise, and they won the World Series twice in these past couple years, and it's still uh, the next team up for all of this. Uh, scrutiny is the Red Sox, who also won the World Series in that same time in these past three years where there was all of this cheating. Yeah, they're, they're just in a bad situation right now. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's really going to come from everybody else. That's why I'm, I'm still going to be on the side of seal the books, just just start anew, change the game up. This is literally the best time for you just change the game up completely because Otherwise, you're going to keep losing fans because nobody believes in your product. They're going to lose fans either way. Um, baseball is a dying sport. <laughs> so, yeah, you're double losing, so might as well change the game. If you change the game up, at least some people are going to tune in to at least see what you've changed it to. Pure, purists of baseball are not going to like it, but in some way you may be able to keep some of the honor to the old records. Yeah, um, but those purists probably won't be around for too much longer. 
That is true, though. <laughs> that is bad. <laughs> but that is true. That is very true because a lot of the purists are very old at this point, and they die off year by year, which is one of baseball's biggest problems is they don't get viewership because there's no more baseball purists. Nobody cares about the numbers and the hits and the, the uh, ERAs and all of that other stuff. Nobody cares at all about that, especially not any type of new era. And uh, I'm in my early 30s, and I'm sure there's still people about six six to ten years ahead of me who don't care about baseball either. That does not vote well for baseball as, as a whole. So uh, we'll, we'll just move on, uh, which will stay in the field of the Lakers and LeBron. Uh, now, the Lakers have landed Markeith Morris and has waived DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, now, DeMarcus Cousins has not played an actual official game for the Lakers, and uh, there's there's a little bit of uh, details around him being weighed, but the main thing is them picking up Markeith Morris, uh, the former Pistons uh, forward. Now, the Clippers landed his brother before the trade deadline, Marcus Morris, their twins, and the Lakers versus Clippers game that was supposed to be uh, premiered on January 28th will be rescheduled for April 9th. So, Quickly asking, uh, was this the best move for the Lakers to match the Clippers' additions lately? I think, yes, this was the best move for them. Because the Marcus Cousins, he was just taking up a spot on the team. And you don't know what to expect from him at this point because he's been out for so long. has had multiple, multiple injuries back-to-back. So you don't know what you're going to get from him. And why not go ahead and get an able-bodied person to play in his place who has had some history of making some plays and is very similar to the other side, um, his twin brother who is on the Clippers. So I think this was the best move for them. Um, But does it help that much? I I really don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I can agree on that. I, and I'll explain a little bit more, especially once we get to the next question, uh, which is about the weaknesses of both teams. But um, just to answer this question, uh, was it the best move? Yes. They actually got the better of the two twins. Uh, I know sometimes it makes it hard to tell them apart because they literally have the same exact tattoos in the same exact places, and they did that in, on purpose, so you can't really tell the difference between them. This is a true thing between Marcus, uh, Markeith Morris and um, uh, Maurice, sorry, <laughs> uh, Morris. Whatever, sorry, because <laughs> their names are so, it's M.M. and it's killing me right now. Uh, but uh, just as hard as it is to say their names, it's hard to tell them apart. But if you pay attention very closely, Markeith is the better of the two twins when it comes to basketball. Um, and just to kind of, what I felt it was a little harsh when it came to uh, waving DeMarcus Cousins, because it was about loyalty a lot of times, keeping him on the roster. They could have cut him before the season started. Uh, that's what any other team probably would have done. But it was he was a part of the marketing scheme to get uh, Anthony Davis to the Lakers, along with having Rondo. Uh, so it is the best move. And one big reason why is because what they actually did with DeMarcus Cousins is they sat him down uh, before they announced that they were waving him and to talk to him and said, how about you just go ahead and sit out the rest of this year, heal uh, perfectly, don't don't risk any re-injuring, and 
he actually got cleared to still rehab with the team, still practice with the team. And he st- just right after he got waived, he was sitting on the bench the following uh, game, just like anything normal. So it's like removing him from the list, but still including him. because So he will still get a championship ring if they win this year. So it's not mm, – they really just cleared up a spot. They just did it on paperwork. He's still going to be there. He's still going to be doing the things he was doing before. Um which he wasn't really a part of the practice part, but he can do everything he was doing before. Um, and they are, it's, it's rumored that they are just going to re-pick him up over the summer. But, uh, yeah, I do think it's the best thing to combat the Clippers additions, even though the Clippers have really gotten a lot of uh, different pieces. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I feel like the Clippers probably got the better depth when it going forward from here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So uh, it does move into the next question, which I would like to go deeper into this, uh, which is with most of the roster set for the Lakers and the Clippers, what are the biggest weaknesses for both teams? The biggest weakness for the Lakers is having that consistent third score. You're not sure where that's going to come from. You already got Anthony Davis and LeBron James. You know what you're going to get out of them, but Everybody else is up in the air. You might not get it from that third player from game to game. And then on the Clippers side, it's just team chemistry. Um, both of their stars, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, have missed multiple games and even just practice together. They, they have not had much, if any, practice time together. So team chemistry is probably the worst thing for the Clippers and they're just trying to put together the best players to win a championship. I can I can agree. Um, I'm gonna pick at different weaknesses on the, uh, these though for the Lakers and Clippers. Lakers, it is definitely about that third score, but I think it's specifically they need someone who can point guard when LeBron's not in the game. It's a big difference on their uh, points per minute when LeBron's in the game and not in the game. I that's one reason why I felt they needed to get rid of Rondo because he does not produce actual scoring. He's great, a great knowledge guy. He knows where the ball is supposed to be, where people are supposed to be, all this other stuff, but they're still hurting by keeping Rondo as that second point guard. It just doesn't help them right now. One reason why they did waive DeMarcus Cousins is because they didn't have to give up the last spot they had on the roster, because they, they still had that last pick. They were talking about picking up either J.R. Smith uh, and a couple other people uh, to fill that slot for point guard, uh, slash forward in sometimes in certain ways, but yeah, they filled the forward spot with uh, Marquise Morris. They still need a good backup point guard outside of Rondo. Uh, so that's their biggest weakness right now, and they still have the slot to do it. They, they just wanted to have that in the bank while they're still interviewing uh, out who's still out there and could be a great addition to the team. Um, they didn't want to mess up the team's chemistry by waving anybody else on the active uh, roster because DeMarcus is on the active roster, but he wasn't actually active. Um, now, Clippers, I can definitely agree by our chemistry, but I think it's injuries. And it's not even the blaring injury that we would think at this point would be Kawhi. I think Kawhi's actually going to be good to go. He's gotten this low management thing down. Uh, it's going to be Paul George. Paul George, I don't think they win a championship without Paul George. And it's iffy on when he's available and when he's not available. He has had worse injury history than Kawhi has. 
Oh, I definitely agree. Without Paul George, they, they're definitely not winning an NBA championship. But I think team, team chemistry will come into effect when it comes to the playoffs. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. But it's like they keep putting great duct tape on things, and I can't really tell whether – I can't tell exactly whether chemistry will be off. When Lou comes in the game, he can – between him and um the guy with the dress, I can't remember his name right Trez now. Harrell. Yeah, yeah, my Trez Harrell. Between them two, they're they're averaging between fifty to sixty points together. And you got Lou Williams coming off the bench, uh, scoring twenty to thirty for you. They have a secure third uh, person who can score, and that might fill in the blank for Paul George. But they that's one reason why they picked up so many other players. They they really need to make sure they're good when it comes to those situations, if they do not have Paul George. It might have been an incorrect move for Kawhi to pull Paul George to the Clippers, but we'll see that as time play out. Who else was he going to choose? <laughs> hey, if, he, if the way he pulled Paul George from the Clippers after he had just signed the deal, it seemed like he could have pulled anybody other than LeBron and Anthony Davis. And, yeah, because Anthony Davis already at uh, the Lakers signed at that point. So, yeah, outside of them two, it seemed like he could have pulled anybody. Um, I mean, it, it seemed like that. But at that point, the Thunder had lost in the first round in an embarrassing way. So it was kind of easy to get him in a way. I, I can't hear I, 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 I don't think it was easy, though. I, I can't agree to the easy. They gave up a lot of picks. They had well, to make talk, talks that cannot be public in any sort of way, and they don't know whether they really, really, really wanted to play with each other. We can actually attribute this to Drake and the fact that they met up at Drake's house. Well, I'm just saying easier than everybody else. That's what I'm saying. Sure, but uh, let's say he wanted to get Russell Westbrook over on the same team. Never mind. Um, I, I, okay, just not digging into it, I definitely agree, because uh, I don't want to have to go through each player and see whether they really – he really could have pulled them or not pulled them. I just can't really tell. Um, so we'll move on to the next subject, which we'll do a little bit of the NFL. Now, the Browns offensive lineman Greg Robinson, number two pick in the 2014 draft, is facing federal charges, actually facing 20 years uh, in this unfortunate, well, not really unfortunate, he caused this situation. He was caught by Border, Border sorry, Border, I can't even say it right. He was caught by border police with 157 pounds of marijuana. Crazy amount. Not even nowhere near a small amount. So quickly, just asking because there's not many other details to put into this. Uh, but does the NFL have a large problem with what their players do in their offseason? And what do you think made Greg Robinson take that chance? I think Greg Robinson was already involved in uh, marijuana consumption and uh, what is it? He he was already involved in that before he got into the NFL. He just kept doing it. And then he just has so much free time now. He could just do it w whenever. But I think this is an ongoing problem that the NFL has always had. Uh, there's always somebody on Almost every team, they get in trouble for drugs or um, domestic violence or something like that. And the NFL should really think about having some type of off-season program to have their players involved in. 
because this is their job. This is this is what they do. For somebody like us who have regular jobs, we work all year, um, five days a week. Um, some more for some other people, mm-hmm. and we don't have that much time off. And just think, if you had that much time off, I'm not saying that you're gonna get in trouble, but <laughs> you try to find stuff to do. And he just had nothing else to do. Okay, I I definitely love that view of the things here. Um, but there's a difference between consuming weed and trafficking. Because this man well, is on that, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, this man was major trafficking, 157 pounds. I thought this man had something like uh, a, a, a smaller amount, anything smaller than that. Like, I don't even think I didn't think he even had a pound of marijuana. You don't understand how much amount of marijuana that has to be. Like he had to have really been trafficking like uh, narcos trafficking. That is a large amount that had to been put into parts of the car unless he just was stupid, because I hadn't read the specifics on where the weed the, the was in the car, but there's no way he thought he was going to get through the border by putting it in his trunk. So he, he, there's a difference. There's just a big difference between taking over the border a little bit of weed, which is anything under a pound. A pound is a lot, but 157 pounds? This was outrageous. So, uh, to answer the question, though, yeah, the NFL does have a problem with uh, off-season and players, but they don't really pay them enough in these situations. Or it's kind of like uh, being in school. Uh, when you are when you have the summer, it's all free game. You do what you want to. It, it shouldn't affect your actual school at all. Um, and I think that's the way these players think too, is I'm not getting paid during this time. I'm not uh, really held under any certain rules. I just need not to get into extreme trouble. I just don't know why he decided to take such a big chance. Like that is, I can't underestimate the fact that 157 pounds is a whole, whole lot of weight. Yeah. He, he was not thinking clearly. Um, he probably does this often. This, this was not his first time. <laughs> oh yeah. I definitely don't believe that this was his first time. Cause there's no way you start off with 150 pounds of marijuana. Um, but I still think it's stupid. Like, if I was to do something like this, which I'm, I wouldn't, I would be, if I'm that rich or I have that type of money, I'm getting somebody else to do that. It's, and you catch me coppers if you can when it comes to, uh, whether I told you to do it or not. Cause I, I you gotta, you can take care of their family, all this other stuff. But I guess he went into the planning thinking he's not getting caught. There's no way he could have thought that he could have gotten caught. But I'm pretty sure there's somebody around him who would have taken a chance, at least for the paycheck, that would have came from trafficking that over the border. Yeah, and he might have been in some money trouble because he's a player that's on the downside of his career and I think got released by the Browns or benched or something like that. He wasn't really playing that much. And I, I didn't know that, but like uh, in six years, because he got drafted in 2014, he was a number two pick. And maybe that has to do with the rookie uh, contracts because I'm not just kind of quickly getting to it because I know you're about to respond. But they in the past 10 to 15 years, they made it to where the rookies can only make a certain amount in their first couple of years versus right before that, where the rookies were getting the most in the league when they came into the league versus the people who were veteran players. Yeah, just a comment on that. Uh, Jamarcus Russell was the last 
player to get that huge amount of money. And that's where they turned everything that next year, whenever Cam Newton came in. And since then, that's where they put in the cap on the rookies uh, money. And I, I still think that's a trick uh, because they've they've really morphed that into not having to pay players. Um, and if you don't know, but Marcus Russell was the biggest bust in NFL history. Um, he would sit lean. Uh, if you know what that is, it's a uh, medical drug um, codeine. He used to party all the time, did not stick to his uh, workouts. They even had a story where this is him in the NFL. The coach asked him if he reviewed the game tape and whether he actually reviewed like what play calls and all this other stuff. He said, sure, he did. They they already had suspicions that he was not watching the game film, the prep film. That they gave him a blank tape. And this guy said, yes, I watched the tape. That's how bad of a bus he was on many different levels. So that's what caused them to be uh, the way they did. Um, lost my original point, but yeah, that, that's, that's one big reason why they set it up. Oh, sorry. This is why it's a trick now because they don't pay the veteran players. This was all in place to say, Hey, I've been in the league. I should be getting more money. Uh, and these rookies should earn their way into, um, showing that they are great NFL stars. What happened is they put a cap on the, the rookies. The rookies get stuck in this, uh, rookie deal. They end up getting franchise tagged for a couple years and they just end up getting traded to another team when they become too expensive. And when it came to the veterans, they just simply cut them or sent them to other teams, which then devalued them, which, which the NFL never actually have to dish out the money. Yeah, that's definitely true. It's just a, a long trail of not paying players. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know whether you wanted to comment on that one, but I was going to go to the next question. No, you can go to the next one. Okay. So it's still about uh, the the situation. So if not convicted, is there a chance that Greg Robinson gets to play in the NFL again or football at all? No, he's not playing in the NFL again after this. He was already on the downside of his career, um, basically being benched by the Browns. He was looked at one of the worst offensive linemen. And this is probably why he did that. I mean, even though he's probably doing it before, he was trying to get a, a big payout from this, whatever yeah. trafficking he was going to do. Yeah, so it's yeah, yeah. It's it's hard seeing him being back in the NFL just because he wasn't that good of a talent. He might get a chance in the XFL, but it's hard to say. I I agree, and I don't think he gets to play football ever again. I I don't see there's. Anyway, he does not get convicted. I honestly don't know. Um, at best, he's going to have to take a plea. And I don't even think they're going to offer him a plea because there's no ins and outs about getting caught with it on you. Like, there's, it just isn't any ins and outs with 157 pounds of marijuana. Like, if even if it was a pound, he might have maybe through uh, tricky laws and, and rules in the court system that to say that wasn't his in some way. But there's absolutely no way you you drive over a border with 157 pounds of marijuana and you don't know about it. Yeah, he knew about that. <laughs> it's not as yeah. So there's so I don't think there's a chance he plays football again because if you're facing 20 with a plea deal, you're getting probably minimum 10 years. And 10 years from now, he's not going to be in any type of shape for NFL, XFL, or whatever you want to put it. At best, he can go play 
flag football, and they don't use offensive linemen in flag football. Yeah, I have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, uh, we'll just end it on that one. Uh, but we're going into more NFL. So the the NFL PA has had votes for the CBA uh, this past week. Up for vote, a couple of the things up for a vote were a 17 game season coming with a shorter preseason and a larger playoff pool of 14 teams and one team from each NFC or AFC division would have a bye uh, sorry yes a bye week as now uh, two top teams on each division get a bye week so it'll be a little bit of a different change there but uh, after such a big and bad reaction to the first vote on the 17-game season by the players, what is the biggest problem with a longer season? With a longer season, it, more injuries can occur. They did say that they would take away one preseason game and then add on the one regular season game, but all those games are competitive throughout the regular season. And with preseason, players usually play like maybe the first or second quarter and then they stop after that. But adding on this uh, regular season game is just going to make it even worse on your body. There's going to be more wear and tear. And they didn't mention any extra bye weeks in there. So that's another problem. Um, and with the increase in regular season games, they they got a slight increase in the revenue share, but not enough to equate to the the extra regular season game. Um, and also, there was, there was probably, I think, retirement funds that still wasn't worked out in the best way. So there's a lot of problems in this. And the only reason the NFL is trying to get it done now, a year before it's supposed to expire, is to renegotiate their TV contracts so they can get more money from that. Yeah, they they're really trying to finesse the rules. They're trying to finesse the players and they just keep putting the players on the back burner on a lot of these things. There was a bad reaction to the 17 game season. And this is not the first time it was mentioned, but this is the first time it was clear that the players weren't really down for this. Uh, the the player side is really split on whether they would want a 17 game season or not. Uh, biggest problems are injuries. Uh, this whole idea that they said they're about uh, players, player injuries and player safety. They're nowhere near that way uh, about things uh, now. So with that, uh, it, it makes it extra complicated for the players to agree to a 17 game season. Like you said, they barely play in those preseason games and you open yourself up to more injuries. You don't get more money. Because they're not uh, going to uniformly uh, negotiate, renegotiate all these contracts that are already out here. They're adding games without adding money, which I think is a robbery. And they're already, like you said, they're trying to do this ahead of the time to get more money from the television part of the NFL. So there's a lot of problems to a longer season. I think it still happens. I, I definitely think they're still going to have a 17-game season. It's just about the specifics, and I just don't think uh, it may head towards a lockout. And none of the NFL, none of the players want that to be because there's not enough contracts that are uh, guaranteed, and it's not like you're going to get money when you're not playing. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, but I think that there will be a lockout because I don't think these sides are going to agree unless there's more guaranteed money in this with just adding another regular season game. And then they're trying to expand the playoffs, which is another game. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no yeah, extra yeah, money. You that. So, yeah, you're definitely right. That throws in two extra games. Um, yeah, because so, we're going to get into the whole playoff thing. I'll go to the next question, which is, are you behind the idea of a larger pool of playoff teams? And are there any problems that comes along with that? I think that it's the same problems. There's more wear and tear on players. And then there's no week in between there, uh, between playoffs and um, regular season. So more injuries will occur. Um, and the teams aren't as elite because I think looking back from this past season, they said that the Rams would have made it on the NFC and the Steelers would have made it in the AFC. So two teams who were flirting around 500, which is mediocrity. And you don't want that in the playoffs. It should be reserved for the elite teams who have better records for the most part. Um, so I don't agree with expanding the playoffs. I, I agree with you here. Um, and just kind of going to what your comments was, that means if the Rams would have made it, that would have been three teams from one division making the playoffs. That's the uh, 49ers, the Seahawks and the Rams, which is outrageous. Uh, it, absolutely devalues the regular season it creates a basketball effect where it really doesn't matter as long as we get to the playoffs um so that's less people playing in certain certain situations uh it may even get into this whole low management thing just because you need to last out the season you have one extra uh, actual game in the uh, regular season and really that bye week with the one team really doesn't matter that just means that now even the top team has to play an extra game because it would just be as equal as how the NFL used to be. Um, and one last comment about where, how it would uh, mess up the playoffs. It would be less likely you get a true champion, uh, a champion who was uh, who did it well throughout the rest the whole season. Uh, you're, this has happened with baseball. Baseball expanded their playoffs, and it's not very often that the top team in the actual NFL, I mean, sorry, the uh, the MLB throughout the season, even the top three, don't end up actually winning the World Series, which is a problem where you muddy the competition, you muddy the results, and you create a lot of big problems. Yeah, you do. Um, more injuries. Um, the, it's more watered-down product, and you, you're just not going to get the result that should have been. Yeah, and you lessen these players' careers. It's 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 all around. From what I see, they shouldn't do it. But I don't think that will keep it from actually happening. Yeah, I guess. Um, if anything, they should do either or. Just do the 17 game regular season and keep the playoffs, or 16 game regular season and add an extra playoff team. And and, I, and it actually, like, as I think about it even more and more and more, like, how does the math work out on that? Um, do you sometimes throw in an extra game for a divisional play, uh, team, or do you throw in uh, people you, who you weren't in a play? Because, you know, divisions play each other um, 
per season. They'll match up two divisions and they'll throw that into the record of a, a, a regular season. You play your division of the, the people, people who you're, who's in your division at least twice a year. So that knocks out six games out of used to be 16 uh, with this proposed idea. And then you match up, let's say, the NFC East versus the AFC West uh, that year where you face every team in that division per team. And that's how you sketch out some of the rest of the uh, season. And then you throw in some randoms, some of the matchups you want to see and that would not exist otherwise. That's the way they get a regular season to a NFL for any NFL team. Like, where? how does this math work again? Like, I, I think that's going to mess up even the math about who's getting into the playoffs. And I guess that's why they would need to extend the playoffs. But it just sounds extra complicated and not beneficial. Yeah, I agree. It it does muddle it a lot. I'm not sure where that extra team is going to come from, but they'll try to find a way to promote it. Yeah, and just wait. It, it will be justified it they change this around and then the first year that they do that the team that would not have made the playoffs wins the super bowl i would actually be satisfied to just look back at them as they made a bad decision and i'm not saying the players but the actual nfl yeah um really i think if they do that it's it just might go downhill from there agreed agreed and there's one last question on this uh so do you think the players in the NFL can gain any new player empowerment perks with these new CBA votes. No, they don't gain much of anything. It doesn't seem like um, just a tiny bit of revenue share, which is not equivalent to the amount of games that they may potentially play. And it just all seems negative for the players. I, I completely agree. Um, I, they keep losing things, even though the pool of money keeps going up. Uh, the NFL really does play this whole we've, we're losing viewership, we're losing money, uh, partly uh, uh, attributed to the Kaepernick situation and all of that stuff. But that kind of just throws into the, the unfairness of the NFL before this point. Uh, that's really what they were blaring uh, holes in the NFL before. They're... The players or the ones who are at least in power or in voting power in this need to take all they can get right now because it's just going to get worse. And I don't think they get extra perks in this uh, in this way. Uh, they should at the least get a lot more for players who no longer play in the NFL because there's a whole lot of residual effects to playing in the NFL. And it is never publicized. It's not something you ever put on TV. Um, who was the linebacker on the 49ers who's like paralyzed now? You paralyzed. Like he, he was a, a, a great, great defensive player. He made one of the biggest uh, plays. Or was it the Saints? Sorry, it's the Saints. Remember the guy who blocked the kick and who had the statue? For the yeah, Saints? I remember him. Yeah, he is paralyzed currently. And they, they bring him out for some of those. Uh, the celebrations because they kind of have to. He He's a big reason why they won the Super Bowl. They also have a statue of him blocking the kick outside of the Saints uh, the, the Astrodome. Not Astrodome. The, uh, uh, what is the name of their dome again? I'm pretty sure it's the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Oh, they changed the name of it. But whatever it was before when um, Katrina came Superdome. to Superdome. 
super dumb okay so uh but that's the only thing that i've seen that kind of shows the effects of playing in the nfl after being in the nfl it's crazy to even believe that this frail guy who's in a wheelchair only maybe 10 years ago i'm not exactly sure when what year the saints won but let's say maybe 10 years ago is in a wheelchair like he was a a, a top athlete and now he is in this position so i think the players need to get absolutely everything they can get for existing active players and even more for the players who do not play in the nfl afterwards yeah they, they should definitely get some retirement fund in there um medical leave all that stuff and i think they have a slight bit of that in the new cba but it doesn't last that long it might be like five years which is definitely not enough yeah it should be mental uh evaluations it should be, it's it should be treated kind of like being a war veteran. That sounds, that sounds kind of her uh, bad, I guess, off gate. But that that's how you kind of got to uh, treat it. They need mental uh, help. They're gonna need physical help. They're gonna. They've been addicted to painkillers. They're they've been done. They've been pushed to push through pain and uh, emotional issues and everything throughout their entire career. Whether that even be from little league uh, to high school to college to the pros and it's it's sad what these players actually look like after they do not play anymore and they have a lot of bad things that happen to them after they stop playing yeah i agree and we see all of the good ones on tv the ones who were hall of famers and all that stuff but we don't always get to see those i guess average joes in the NFL after the fact. Yeah, and um, possibly little known knowledge, but the average football player only plays two to three years, even though we view these top players being in there for many years. The average player only plays two to three years, so they're getting nowhere near the benefit of money uh, outside of after they stop playing or they, they push them out of the league. Staying in the realm of the NFL and someone who's not retiring this year, Drew Brees. He will be returning for one more year with the Saints as their quarterback. Uh, it was in heavy debate on whether he was going to move the, the team was going to move forward with Teddy Bridgewater or a lesser known quarterback. I don't even care to, uh, to look up his name. He has only thrown, uh, I think, seven passes in the You got to put some respect on that man's name. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Why put respect on his name? I know we've gone into it already, but he's only thrown seven passes in the NFL. I, he's a good running quarterback, but what? what is that worth? Um, L- let's take it back to the last playoff game. He was the best mm-hmm. quarterback on the Saints that game. True, true. Yeah, and I know we're getting into it already, so I'm going to go ahead and ask the question. Was this the best move for the Saints at this time, or was there better options? I think they should have just ripped the Band-Aid off, tell him to retire, or just you can't play here anymore because we need to look forward to the future. Dang. I can't play <laughs> here no more? Dang, that was harsh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he probably does give them the best chance to win another championship currently for this upcoming year, but it's time to rip the Band-Aid off. We need to move towards the future. And- I, I completely disagree on this one. I think this is their best choice. Like, 
It is all about winning a Super Bowl now, especially when they have the type of talent they have right now. Now, he can't throw past 15 yards. I give you that when it comes to Drew Brees. He is Dinkin and Duncan. He is the most accurate quarterback, and that's largely due to him not throwing outside of 15 yards. But Taysom Hill is not your you can win a Super Bowl quarterback with. Not nowhere near in the next three years. I don't believe that in any way. Now, I would have felt it was a better option if they were going to move to Teddy Bridgewater. But I think everybody still takes issue with the fact that he has small hands. And that, that sounds real random, but that has been the biggest discount against Teddy Bridgewater since he's gotten drafted. Um, the biggest stigma. He's already been the starting quarterback when he was with the Vikings. And he has done absolutely great when he uh, came in to play for the Saints when Drew Brees was out. I don't even see why they're jumping over him to go to Taysom Hill as he has been more proven quarterback. But I think I attribute that to the as small as the fact that his hands aren't that big. Um, so, yeah, I feel this is their best option. And why not take it one more year? Yeah, but you said that the year before and all that stuff is it just keeps getting drawn out. It's. It's just about time to rip the Band-Aid off. I really like Drew Brees. He gives them the best chance for this upcoming year with the type of talent that, that they have on their team. But it just seems like the Saints just always come up short. No, I, I definitely hear you, but why not groom the quarterback behind him? they already been doing it. I, I definitely hear you on that. But if he gives you the best chance to do it now, you keep him. And you groom whoever is behind him behind him. So that doesn't mean he doesn't get on the field. That doesn't mean he doesn't get thrown in the plays. It does not mean that he doesn't take over later in the season. But you must play with the now, what you can do now, because there's no chance, there's no guarantee that Taysom Hill can fill that slot. Well, I'm not sure if he was actually going to be the quarterback. And both of the backup quarterbacks, Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater, are both free agents. So – they neither one of them might come back, really. I just think overall that makes the better uh, situation. But uh, does the Saints having have any chance of winning another Super Bowl with Drew Brees? Oh, yeah, they definitely have a chance. But the chances are getting smaller and smaller, mainly because of his age. And other teams are just getting better. You see the 49ers. They have a pretty well-rounded team, um, don't have the best quarterback, but they they look like they are set up for the future. Um, Russell Wilson, he's always going to be there. He has at least five to maybe eight years left in the league. He's around 30. And there's just going to be more and more quarterbacks that come up. So he has a tiny bit of chance, but it's – those chances are getting slimmer. I think there's a bigger chance than you're viewing it as. Because you, you look outside of their immediate division. Who's the best quarterback out of the four teams in their division? And I'm giving you the four teams. It's going to be Tampa Bay, the Panthers, and Atlanta. I'm not giving you Matt Ryan. So I say simply off of winning a division and making it to the playoffs, it looks very favorable. So that, that is their best chance for winning a Super Bowl is being able to divide, to dominate their division. Outside of that, I don't think there's – like, of course, you're going to have to battle against great quarterbacks when you get to the playoffs. But 
why diminish your quarterback position to somebody who's more than likely going to be lower than the other quarterbacks who aren't really that great right now in their own division and somebody who's the most accurate quarterback ever. So uh, I, I do think they have a chance and I, I think they have a heavy chance of winning their division in this uh, next coming year. Yeah, they, they have a good chance to win their division again because the Panthers, they are completely starting over. Uh, Tampa Bay doesn't know whether they want to keep Jameis Winston or move on. And I think the Falcons present the best um, competition for them because they do have the offensive weapons just like they do on the Saints, but their defense is just lacking. Um, and then uh, I mean, you do have some other teams in other divisions who could challenge the Saints. So, I mean, it's it's just really hard to say whether they – have a huge chance of winning it all again. Sure. But I, I think that's uh, one reason why they brought Tom Brady back so many times with the Patriots, because before the season starts, you see a win of the division. So just looking at their own direct division, yeah, you make this choice. You make the choice to stay with Drew Brees. I'm not saying in two years. I think this is a one year max situation, and he absolutely should retire after that. Uh, no matter what the results come out to be, uh, short of the Super Bowl, get to the Super Bowl, whatever, I think he should end it this coming year and should actually probably stay it from the beginning of the season. So you think this is a Ray Lewis type of situation where that drives the team to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, it's a little bit different with Ray Lewis. I did love that, uh, that scenario and that storyline, but Ray Lewis only announced that he was retiring at the beginning of the playoffs, which is still you get large credit for saying you're retired at the beginning of the year and pushes you all to win a Super Bowl. But it's different when you got a 16 possible 17 game season coming up and uh, you got to carry that energy all the way through all. And then you get to the beginning of the playoffs and you also got to carry it through the playoffs. So I'm in the field of, yeah, he can, he should also possibly hold it till the playoffs start. And maybe that does have that same effect. Maybe, but it's hard to say. Yeah, very hard to say. And uh, with our last subject, has the, been the move of the former uh, Carolina Panther tight end, Greg Olson. Now, he is signing a one-year deal with the Seattle Seahawks, and this deal is worth $7 million for one year with $5.5 million guaranteed. So does the Seahawks have all they need to make a Super Bowl run, and if – not what other pieces do they need? No, they don't have enough for a Super Bowl run. They just signed a injury prone old tight end. And I mean, they did fill a position of need, but they're going to need more than just him at the tight end position. They're going to need a backup um, along with some other defensive pieces doesn't seem like they have enough on, on their defense, not enough playmakers. They still have Bobby Wagner and Jadavion Clowney. They have to sign him back <clears throat> if they choose to. And they, they just got to do better all around, really, mainly on defense. Offense, um, like I, I was saying, the tight end position, they still need more besides Greg Olson and maybe another wide receiver to play off of uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, okay. So um, I agree. They do not have enough. Um, this is just a small piece in a lot of different moves they're going to need to make. Like you said, yeah, defense, there's some holes. 
and they can kind of I'm not I'm not exactly sure which position needs to be solved on the defensive side, but they definitely need wide receivers. One at minimum for the Seahawks, very good one, and two to be safe. Now it <laughs> does help out. Yeah. They don't, need, they don't need that many. They they just need one good one. I, I think it's just better for them. Like, if they did have two, I think they need a minimum one, but it'd be better if they had two. Um, of course, it's always better when you have more than one option uh, But at receiver. But I do think it is a great thing they got Greg Olson. He is an older uh, tight end, and, but I do think he has possibly one to two years left in him that can be productive. Uh, so it's a good piece, but they definitely need minimum one wide wide receiver. Yeah, and th- this is, from what I've heard, one of the best upcoming drafts for wide receivers. So they should be able to find one. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, so last question. What effect do you think Greg Olson will have on the Seahawks? I think that he will be a great veteran locker room presence. But other than that, um, I mean, he'll make plays here and there for you, but he's not going to be an every down player. He is injury prone and has not played a full season over the past, I'll say what, three to four years, maybe even longer. So it's hard to see him being a huge impact on the field. I, I can agree. I can definitely agree. Um, he will be a great locker room person. And that's really just kind of viewing from what he was with the Panthers. So it's it's not exact that that will translate all the way to Seattle, uh, all the way across the country. Um, so his best benefit is a locker room guy. Uh, but they do create somebody with some accountability and who may know their plays uh, well or is probably good at studying. I just think he may be. I'm not sure. But I think he's a good studier for offense uh, and maybe the reason why he has been pretty good in his career. So he'll he'll be uh, able to give them a great dump pass, a great, oh, it's an all-out blitz. Uh, I, I know there's a tight end that will catch it. He might. He's not going to get me any extra yards, more than likely, but he'll catch the ball. Oh, yeah, he'll definitely catch the ball for you, but he's not speeding past anybody. Oh, not at all. Uh, but that ends out our this week of So You Think You Know Sports. Now we're going into the questions like uh, every week. There are multiple choice. Your guess is about as good as mine. Muhammad comes up with questions, and I try to give you a little bit of commentary or, and, of course, try to get the uh, answers right. So we're going to go ahead with the first question. Go ahead, Muhammad. Which of the following players has has never been on the Madden cover? A. Peyton Manning, B. Tom Brady, or C. Troy Palomalu? Mm. Now I, I can easily kind of go into who I know were on the cover, uh, but that would make I still not exactly sure my answer, but I don't want to kind of go deep dive into which ones I know it's not going to be. Uh, so go ahead and repeat the question and answer, and I'll go ahead and answer it out. Which of the following players has never been on the Madden cover? A, Peyton Manning, B, Tom Brady, or C, Troy Palomalu? So I know for a fact it was uh, 
Troy Palomano has been on the cover. He was on the cover with um, guy from the Cardinals. Um, I don't want you to answer this right now. <laughs> I know you. Okay. you might, I know uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Okay, because I didn't want you to have to influence the uh, answer here. But Le- he was on the cover with Larry Fitzgerald on a uh, a Madden cover after the Cardinals and the Steelers were in the Super Bowl. So I know Tro- Troy Palomalu has been on the cover. Uh, then you have Peyton Manning, which I, I'm pretty sure he has been on one. I think that's like a for sure thing. So I really, I do not recall in any way Tom Brady being on the cover of Madden, but I might get it wrong, but I'm, I'm going to go with Tom Brady. That's wrong. It's Peyton Ooh. Manning. Peyton Manning's never been on there? Nope. Tom Brady was on Madden 18. He was on a recent yeah, You're one. right. You're right. You're right. God, I, I don't know why I just felt it was uh, Peyton Manning, but yeah, yeah, you're you're right. Uh, so I got the answer wrong. <laughs> Go ahead to the next one. And just just to uh, warn you, all of these are about video games. But um, okay. which of the following NFL players have been on the NCAA cover and the Madden cover? A. Vince Young. B. Sean Alexander. Or C. Marshall Falk. Gosh. Boy, that's a hard question. And you're talking about an NCAA football one? Yeah, NCAA football. I mean, these are just football players. Yeah, I I, I was like, is one of them play basketball? I just didn't know. Because, you know, they did used to make, uh, they no longer make the NCAA football game. So that's why I was uh, thinking like that. Um, God, that is a hard question. I'll just let you repeat the question and answer because I'm going to have to really think about this one. All right. Which of the following NFL players have been on the NCAA cover and the Madden cover? A, Vince Young, B, Sean Alexander, or C, Marshall Falk? God, this is so hard. Mm. Well, you know who all these players are, right? Yeah, I definitely know who all the players are. Uh, Sean Alexander was running back for the Seahawks. Vince Young, he was great at Texas and also uh, went to Tennessee. And then you have, uh, you said Marshall Falk? Yeah. Okay, Marshall Falk played for the Rams, the greatest show on the turf. And uh, he was a great running back. So I definitely know who they all are. I just could not remember, but I'm going to kind of, I just can't be for sure whether what this player has been on the NFL cover too. So I'm just going to go ahead and answer it. Probably get it wrong, but Vince Young. It's wrong. Ah, Sean Alexander? Yes. (laughs) Oh, gosh. He he was on the 01 NCAA cover. Because I I remember seeing Vince Young, uh, you know, the confetti and everything when they played USC, but I just can't remember whether he was on an NFL Um cover because that was the ncaa one right no no he was on madden cover he was on oh uh, he was he was on the other one okay gotcha 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 so uh overdue but uh hopefully i get this last one go ahead Mohammed. all right which of the following nba players have been on both the nba live and 2k video game covers a lebron james b Dwayne wade or c russell westbrook and you said between the uh, which ones again? NBA Live and 2K. Oh, and 2K. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
I guess repeat the question and answer real quick because I'm going to need to think. All right. Which of the following NBA players have been on both the NBA Live and 2K video game covers? A, LeBron James, B, Dwayne Wade, or C, Russell Westbrook? I'm really tied between Dwayne Wade and LeBron. I feel like LeBron should have been on both, um, but I'm not too sure. Um, I'm going to go with Dwayne Wade. That is correct. Ah, got it. He right. was on a recent 2K cover, and he was on, I think, was it NBA Live 06, 05, one of those. Okay. All right, so I at least got one right there. I had to think that one through. These were hard questions. But um, we definitely had a lot of fun, and we're going to catch you next week uh, with great news about the world of sports. So see you next week. This has been So You Think You Know Sports.